This is Deep Blue, where we get the true life stories of BYU athletes, coaches, and fans. Here's your host, Jerem Jordan. On today's show, I talk with one of the few Cougars to ever win a medal at the Olympics, a silver in Athens in gymnastics. He was a multinational champ at BYU whose father won a national title here as well and coached the gymnastics team. He studied the best major at BYU, broadcast journalism, and he is the women's gymnastics coach here now. He is Guard Young. What's up, Guard? Thanks for having me. One day, you let me borrow the silver medal for some reason, like a whole afternoon, and I took it to football practice, and Micah Simon came up to me and said, what is that? And I said, this is a silver medal. And he goes, really? I go, I'm dead serious. He goes, how'd you get that? I go, Guard Young just let me borrow it. It was one of the best days of my life, Guard. Well, I'm glad I can be <laughs> a small part of that. It doesn't see too much light in the day, so when it does make its way out, we, we got to let it, let it shine. There's a lot of cool things you can do in your life. Um, winning um, a medal in the Olympics is certainly one of them. What, how is that, uh, I don't know, it's not defined your life, but certainly your, your athletic career. What was that like to win a medal in the Olympics in 2004 in we get, Athens? We get a lot of questions. What was it like you know, going to the Olympics? And the best way I can describe it is like the busiest day at Disneyland. Just imagine that, right? You're so excited, the anticipation. Um, you finally get there. They open up those gates, and it's just a massive amounts of people. And then you want to go ride your favorite ride. Space Mountain is my favorite ride. And you're waiting in line, and you're waiting in line, and you're waiting in line. And then finally it's your turn, and you get to the front of that, you know, roller coaster ride and that you sit down and they strap you in and then what happens it starts going click 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 and you start going boy what did i do like is this really a good idea and you kind of start looking like at exit exit points like can i get out of this thing but you, you're strapped in you're you're ready to go and then it's just top of the hill and it's a whoosh and a turn and a spin and a flip upside down and then it's over and you're just like wow that was intense Physically, that probably applies, right? A flip and a turn and a yeah, <laughs> kind of works. Kind of works on a lot of levels, doesn't it? Okay, so you, the silver is the team uh, accomplishment there um, at, in Athens. What 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 was uh, you know taking silver like? What was uh, the Olympic ceremonies like? Because I know you wanted to, and you tried out for the 2000 Olympics as well. Took tenth, right? And so you finally make it, and then, hey, you're there, man. Yeah, and Athens, too. That was like a special yeah, Olympics, to, too, right? Yeah, to, to, if you're going to go to one Olympics in your lifetime, that's kind of a I – mean, every Olympics expen- is special. Every city is special. You know, Salt Lake City in 2002, how cool was that, you know? Um, hopefully we get one back in a couple more years. But, you know, wow, it being Athens to – I mean, the Olympic Games was in the city where it originally was. The marathon – was ran the same route. Mm. And apparently it was really hot summer. Unusually, they don't have a lot of air conditioning over there because it's not that hot. And these racers, these world-class racers, couldn't finish the race. Oh, wow. And so, you know, to be, you know, eating dinner and underneath the Parthenon is just pretty amazing. But, yeah, it was a, it was a Team Silver. It was a really good team that year. And obviously I tried out for the, the Sydney Games. Uh, was 10th place. Um, devastated that I didn't make the team, but, you know, perspective and looking back, I wasn't ready for that team. Uh, jump ahead four years, you understand, you know, it's just not 
hey, I think I'll decide to try out for the Olympics this year. You know, it's it's a four-year process where, you know, there's U.S. championships, there's world championships, there's international competition. And so I was a part of Team USA those those four years leading into the, the 04 games. Um, and then that Olympic, you know, team and trials, it was brutal. I mean... The, the the amount of talent we had on the the men's side was phenomenal, so there were six of us that made the team. There were two individuals that easily could have made the team that were on the Sydney team four years earlier, and then there were three guys that were in the mix as well that ended up making the O eight team. So in the matter of twelve years. From two thousand um, eight years, from two thousand to two thousand and eight, right in the middle in two thousand and four, you know we had all these Olympians and future Olympians and post Olympians all vying for six starting positions. So it's pretty. It was pretty fierce. We knew we were good um, when we were doing training days and Team Russia and Team Japan and Team China showing up to film our training sessions. That was kind of neat. Um, we also had the current world champion on our team, Paul Hom. Probably another big reason why we we had uh, such success as a team was that guy was a fierce competitor. Ended up win- winning the gold medal after coming back from a fall. So it was a great team to be on. How does winning an Olympic medal change your life? It doesn't. I mean, it's a piece of metal. It's cool. You know that. You know they. You can attach that to your name, but it doesn't change who you are. Literally going into the final day at the the you understand, I went to you know the whole process was a qualifier, US championships, the Olympic trials in Anaheim, California at the pond, and then finally got selected, you know each time you know the field gets smaller and smaller. And then I was one of seven guys getting selected to go to a winter training camp. At that, I mean, not uh, Olympic camp, not winter camp. At that point, um, four guys were already selected to the team, so they had two more spots available. And they were like, "Okay, you seven, we want you to come to the Olympic Training Center for a, a week-long training camp, where we're going to pick the final two spots." So I literally went into camp that week of going, well, this, this might be it. This could be the last week I do gymnastics. and Oh, period. Period. Yeah, I was 27 years old. You're old at this point <laughs> for a gymnast? I, I'm being held together with duct tape. And I'm just like, let's just go have fun. Let's just go enjoy the sport of gymnastics one more time. Were you more and loose than you would have been with that? I think so. I think that was the right mindset that I needed. And... Uh, it was unfortunately you didn't have NBC cameras there. You didn't have the limelight because I had a good camp. Um, but I do remember, you know, sticking a parallel bar dismount, and it was right in front of like the few fans that they had come watch. Just kind of local people, but parents and family were allowed to come watch. I remember looking up after sticking that parallel bar dismount and see my dad in the stands, and then I knew that that's when I knew I was going to make the team. By your dad's reaction or yeah. just the feeling you had? Just the feeling I had. Okay. Let's talk about your dad. Uh, Wayne? Yeah. Dr. Wayne Young. He's a remarkable man. Wait, he's a doctor too? It is a doctor. Of what? He is an OBGYN. Wow. Okay. So, so my father lost his dad, guard, 
when he was three months old. You're named after your grandpa. Named after my grandfather. So, and I'm proud to have that name and, and that legacy. And so my grandmother, who's a widow now, ends up moving back to Provo, Utah to attend BYU. From where? From California. Gotcha. And Northern California. And uh, so my dad's a three-month-old. Wow. And uh, grows up in the tree avenues above Desert Towers. It's not there anymore. But, uh, you know, was kind of a troublemaker and, you know, went to BYU Academy and then later Provo High School and wrestled and dove and would sneak into the BYU gym whenever he could and befriended all the gymnasts. But when he was ready to come to school, he ended up walking onto the gymnastics team. And, uh, you know, just really talented, springy, good air awareness, so maybe more natural ability but not technically trained. And after two years of just kind of walking on and being a floor and vault specialist, decided, hey, I want to go live in Japan and train from the best. So young kid just up and moves to Japan for a year. In the middle of BYU. In the middle of BYU. Wow. Just to train. And, and that was Kind of common practice in the 70s to do that, to go over there. For in an gymnastics? In gymnastics, extended period of time. But you'd go over in teams. You'd go over in groups. And you never really fully got acclimated to their way of thinking, their way of training. My dad went by himself and was totally immersed. Got a, you know, Basically had to be sponsored by a Japanese family to let him come over as a student. Well, learned the, the language. World. Wow. Came back. Maybe not a great athlete, but had the mindset to be a great athlete. And then in 1975, just five years of really only seriously doing gymnastics, won the NCAA championships, was on the world championship team, and a year later on the 76 Olympic team, was in the stands when Nadia Komenich got her 10-0. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did he captain the U.S. <laughs> and he was the captain, right? yeah, and the, the, the players voted him captain. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then later That's on, incredible. and then and then went into coaching right afterwards. At BYU? At, yeah, we'll start at Odessa College, okay. and he was at Penn State getting his master's degree. Where, Odessa in Texas? Yeah. And then finally in 79, I think he became the head coach at BYU. And and so I grew up in that gym. My father built the gym. Is it the We've, same space? It's the same space. In the Smithfield house? Yeah. Tucked away in the corner there? Yeah. We played in the pits. We had birthday parties in there and slumber oh, wow. parties. and. So it's those those halls are full of memories for me, growing up. That's amazing. And then when my dad's thirty seven years old, he just got, I guess got bored with coaching and decided to retire and go back to medical school. And now he's in so OBGYN. Now he's practicing full practice, wow. hundred hour weeks. Wayne. So did your mom uh, marry or his mom? Mary? Yeah, Mary? she she remarried. And so my, my father had a dad and, and older siblings. And, um, uh, you know, my grandma Mathis, who married a, a Mathis, uh, ended up having another child. So he had siblings. He, gotcha. had, a, he had a good family, good gotcha. life. So you're, you're guard after your grandpa. And your middle yeah. name's Wayne, too? Correct, yep. For your dad. That's yep. pretty special. That's cool. So you grew up in this gym. At what age are you like, I love gymnastics? Um, it took a while, you know, for me, it was just going to the gym and playing because that's where dad was and, and going to the Smithfield house. But, you know, you could find me as a, as a kid at the Smithfield house during a gymnastics meet. I was at the very top of the bleachers, those wooden bleachers, probably the same ones, 
making paper airplanes out of the programs and tossing them down, <laughs> seeing how far I could get them. So that's probably where you could find me. For me, it was just all about play, play, play. Um, and we've had a lot of great people in our life, you know, going back to medical school, being students for eight years, basically, getting a degree that late with all these kids. Um, my parents always provided gymnastics for me. And that was probably what kind of saved our family was the fact that, you know, we were living in a medical student housing up in Salt Lake City. Were you at the U? At the U. Yeah. And uh, getting picked, you know, waking up early, getting off to school, getting picked up on the curb of the elementary school and being driven to the gym and being there all night. How old were you when you kind of started this? So the fourth grade, um, which took us the four years and then moving to Oklahoma uh, in the eighth grade. So when my dad graduated and, and knew what his specialty was going to be, he had to make a match. He had to find a good program for himself. He had to find a good boys gymnastics program and a good girls gymnastics program for my sisters. So Are you the only boy? I have another brother that yeah, was younger than me. Yeah. Gotcha. Did everyone do gymnastics? At one point. At one point. My older sister was on the team, which was a big influence of why I decided to come to BYU mm. after graduating high school. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty tough match to find your medical specialty, good boys gymnastics training and girls gymnastics training. So that took us out to Oklahoma. Once we moved to Oklahoma, then it really started feeling like serious, like eighth grade. Hey, I really think I like this. And, you know, my mentor and Olympic coach, I met there, Mark Williams, who are, you know, people in the gymnastics community could argue saying he's one of the greatest men's coach USA's ever had with multiple Olympians and world champions and national titles under his belt. So he's my mentor. I was his first Olympian, his first world champion. Um, you know, Tyler Mark, my oldest son, is named for him. Mm. So not only as a coach and a mentor, but one of my best friends. So you live in Norman. You're born in State College? Did I read that Yeah, right? my dad was getting his master's degree. So okay. he, he, he was training for the Olympics, getting his master's degree, competes in 76, and then I'm, I'm, I'm come along a year later. So you've touched so. in some way BYU, Utah, Oklahoma, Penn State. Yeah, and Odessa College. <laughs> and Odessa. Don't forget Odessa College. State come college. on. Come on. Okay, so you're in Norman. You're growing up. How old are you? Like, do you go to BYU from Norman? Are you there? That's right. So I'm, I'm there from eighth grade through high school. Gotcha. And your dad uh, and is we're living finishing? In, yep, he's doing his school. residency, and then he, he kind of starts working for a local, local hospital there, letting myself and my sister finish high school. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm, I'm a senior. I've just won the junior national championships. I'm getting recruited by, you know, uh, Oklahoma and, you know, Mark who's also the assistant coach there is wanting me to stay with them and, and BYU and pretty tough choice, you know, a young kid that can really pick what he, where he wants to go. How did you not pick Oklahoma in that situation? Uh, environment. I really felt like it was environment. Um, and at the time, you know, also Mark was looking at some other uh, opportunities to maybe coach elsewhere. And I just, it came down to, do I see myself at Oklahoma if Mark wasn't here? Mm. And they didn't have a transfer portal back in the day. So <laughs> maybe if they did, who knows what that uh, decision yeah. would have been. But, um, you know, I came to BYU. I left my mark. I felt like I had a great collegiate career. Um, but my senior year here at BYU was pretty rough. 
Um, that was the year they announced the dropping of the, the men's program along with the wrestling team. Was that right before? When was that before your senior season? Or they announced or? it at the beginning of our senior year. Oh, the beginning so of the season. it was like literally looming over the entire season. Suddenly, this is it. This is it. This is your last year. Mm. So in a way, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm going to get all four years in. I'm going to finish yeah. my eligibility. Um, but, man, that was a rough year. Devastating. You know, no one cared. No one wanted to work hard. What are you playing for? I'm trying to make the Olympic Games. I'm trying to win an NCAA national championship. Had you won a natty already, or were you about I, I'd to? Won, I'd won the all around. I'd won the vault the year before. Gotcha. So, but I, I had higher hopes of you know being the the best collegiate champion that year. And you're trying to make the Olympic and team the Olympic still team in this moment. Mm-hmm. So there's that's a the, those are a lot of conflicting emotions. Yeah, aspiring but demotivating. Yeah, it was. To, it, yeah, was, it, was yeah. A, it was a tough huh. year. Um, and how'd you get through that? Uh, I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> Ask my wife. Uh, I'd just gotten married. That probably was a big help. Mm. Um, my, my parents had moved back here to, to start a practice. So I also had a lot of family support. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't alone. You know, I wasn't just on an Island, a lot of good, uh, good family support. So. But yeah, that was uh, that was 2000. That was a pretty rough year for me. And uh, after not making the Olympics and taking second at the nationals that year, got beat out by a great kid from Ohio State that had his whole team there and a team behind him. And he actually went on to be the alternate to the Olympic team. So he he came on strong. No one saw him coming. But it was tough. It was tough on your own um, without a big team supporting you. So there was less team support, perhaps, because the program wasn't continuing? Yeah. Yeah. Guys were just, you know, moving on. Yeah. You know, moving on with life. And I can see that, but it's also like, hey, let's finish strong. So that's hard. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate the emotions of that? Because it still feels like you have some emotions there, right? Um, Yet you're the women's coach here, and gymnastics plays a big role on the women's side. How do you navigate those two conflicting emotions there? Yeah, I mean— I would love to to see you know wrestling and men's gymnastics come back somewhat in any form at BYU, whether that be through a strong club program or or just you know you know they do PE classes in the gym. I love seeing the the, the guys coming in and, so and there trying are, gymnastics. And there are men who come into the gymnastics yeah. gym. For a class? For classes, yeah. Does that stoke the flames a little it's bit awesome. when you see that? It's just fun to see people enjoying gymnastics in yeah. any capacity. So, you know, you know, dunking, you people can relate to. Making a three-pointer or a free throw, people can relate to. Can't really relate to a Yurchenko two-and-a-half almanar, right? So I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's one thing to just sit there and watch it from the stands or on TV. It's another thing to be standing at the end of the vault runway and say, okay, now this is what you're going to do, and talk them through it. And they look at you like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Or, you know, standing on the balance beam. Watching it is one thing. How about get up there and, like, look down and be like, no, we're not doing this. So yeah, you, you, you mentioned conflicting uh, emotions. It, it it was really conflicting, you know. Um, I I had a great opportunity. So so after I was through the Olympic trials, and then I had this like you know fork in the road. What do I do? Do I continue, 
Or do I just maybe move on to broadcasting? That that's really what it Did came down to. Did you just graduated? I just in broadcasting. No, I had a year left. You were close. I had okay. a year left of school academically. You know, academically, gotcha. And um, again, you know, Heavenly Father, he. I just believe that he has a plan for everybody, and he definitely had a plan for me. And that year, my high school coach Mark Williams ended up getting the head coaching job at OU. So he was he there the whole time? He was, or had he he... was the assistant. So he's been coached for 12 okay. years, okay. and then coach just up and leaves, and they name him coach. And so he calls me up and just goes, why don't you come back and be my grad assistant? For the men's team. For the men's team. And it just sounded fun. Okay. You can go back to Norman. Yeah, go back to Oklahoma. It's comfortable there. And I was in a coaching role, so I, I, the social part of it, I, I wasn't allowed to go and, and party with the guys, but I could train with them. So it was actually a real perfect fit, um, and I still wanted to graduate BYU. So then it was how do you, how do you make that happen? And uh, before there was online anything, they did correspondence courses, and that's what I did for a year. Was what does that mean? Correspondence. That was literally read a chapter, complete a worksheet, put it in an envelope, lick a bunch of stamps, put it on there, and mail it to BYU. And if you do enough of those then you can request a midterm. And they send it to a proctor. They don't send it to you for obvious reasons. And then you have to arrange how to take the midterm or the final with the proctor. The problem is, is things get lost in the mail. So you learn really quickly to photocopy everything. And, and it just it, it's a lot longer of a process because you're waiting for mail to go back and forth and arranging times to meet with people to take tests. I wouldn't recommend it. Online's made it a lot easier, but <laughs> yes, it but is. correspondence was was very interesting. But I did graduate BYU. I got my diploma and was was happy that I did. How long did that take with correspondence? Uh, it was it was twenty nine credit hours. It probably should have taken a year. It took a year and a half to do. That's not bad. There was some uh, low interest probably on my part to <laughs> complete some of those worksheets. The problem is is that you're learning the same way. You're not being taught. And so after a while, it's very redundant. It just gets really monotonous. So It feels like you valued finishing that education. I could see where you could be bitter and not care, yet you wanted to finish that. So why, why did you want to finish that? Was it your dad and his emphasis on education? I think just, like you know, think about running a long race. You're seeing the finish line. You're, you're almost yeah. there, you know. I really didn't want to transfer to Oklahoma. I could have and finished it through there, but I think still part of me, I still felt loyal to BYU. And I wanted to finish it. Did they ever give you um, an explanation as to why they cut gymnastics and um, wrestling, I guess? Was there a meeting to tell you guys? How would you find out? Uh, well, the, the athletic director came in. Um, and when the Who athlete, was it at the time? Rondo? That was Rondo Felberg. And when the athletic director comes into your practice, you know it's something big. And he just sat us, everyone, down on the floor, the same floor that's there now, and says, guys, we're going to have to – make hard decisions and um he alluded to that it was from upper management i mean B- rondo was a wrestler at byu he he wanted to, he was saving cut his own program he was saving he was trying to save the program yeah yeah um and ultimately Different. you know he didn't he didn't stay either at byu so um i think it just came down to that was the time that the mountain west conference was forming and that presidents of of universities were meeting and talking and discussing and looking at every sport. 
and uh, didn't make sense maybe because of the new conference realignment. Was there no wrestling and gymnastics in the Mountain I, West? There, there, there was. Um, there or were, were you in a different league like there, men's volleyball? Is it now. was more MPSF, but gotcha. I mean, there was Air Force, there was New Mexico, um, so there a couple were of Stanford teams. and Cal, which weren't part of the Mountain West, but but there were a few. Gotcha. Um, and then it came down to the Title IX numbers, where you know you right. have to have equal number of women that's participating, the and so of this, right? so I think that's probably the catalyst of it all. You know, if you if you keep wrestling and gymnastics, you're probably looking at you know fifty to sixty men's players that you now have to find in women's athletics. So, I'm hoping with increased Big Twelve revenue that that is a conversation point at least. Who knows? Uh, I know I know that lacrosse is aspired to be added. I know there was conversations from a donor of money, and you know, you always know we're good um, at some point in the past. But who knows? It's probably very expensive to run an athletic department. Yes. And so they've asked me to be the gymnastics coach, and I'm trying to be the best person I can be for that. Yeah. So well stated. Yeah. <laughs> I had to pick at that. Uh, okay, so you go to Oklahoma and you're coaching. Um, yeah. Grad assistant is an yep. interesting role because I'm coaching, but I'm working alongside the guys on the team. And you understand, like, what do you mean by that? So you understand, like, training. Sup- they weren't super happy to see me because why not? Well, I was. Did you beat some of them? I was. Yeah, I was the guy knocking Oklahoma out of the national championships <laughs> for three years. And now you're. And now I get to be the their GA. coach and teammate. And they don't like this. And they weren't super excited about it. Um, Did Mark but have to convince them? Did he you have to convince he basically them? had to say, "I don't care." And when I did come, um, you know, they realized I was pretty passionate, kind of knew what I was doing, and I was there to help them. And so, you know, I I, f- I felt lucky in the way that I had two different collegiate careers: one for BYU, where I made some great people and some great friendships and bonds for life, and another another college season in a way, collegiate season with those guys. Even though I wasn't competing out there on the floor, I was training alongside with them every single day. Because you're getting ready so, for eventually making the 04 Olympic team. That's what, that's the goal. Yeah. yeah, that was the goal. So um, so it was an interesting role and, and you know, wonderful support, not only here, but then at Oklahoma coming back there. And you guys were awesome. You won the 2015 national title, five runner-ups. Is that right? Do I have those numbers we, right? Yeah, we won, uh, we won a couple national championships with the Oklahoma guys. My first year there, we, uh, we were the best team going into the national championships, and we'd won day one by a landslide. And you go into a locker room and you go, good job. Uh, let's go out there tomorrow and do that again. And we just couldn't reproduce it. And then, you know, an Ohio State team that was, like, hosting had the crowd behind them. The judges felt that crowd behind them, and uh, they stole it from us. And that was that was a great learning opportunity for me as a first year college coach. And the next year, uh, we just worked and worked and worked, and we were hosting the national championships. And it came down to us and Ohio State, and we beat them at our place. And then the third year. Because we had worked so hard that year, that, t- that talent just kind of carried over. 
and we met again at the national championships. Ohio State was the second best team, and it was in Philadelphia at, at Temple University. And we took we took the third. We took the rubber match from them. What a three year run there, Jeez. and uh, and then oh four hit, and that's when coaching got really hard. Because you're training at a higher level. And... No, no, that was because we had such success for the past three years. Mm. Guys thought that they didn't necessarily need to listen to coaches anymore. And I remember that one was a tough year of coaching, mm. just trying to convince these guys, yeah, you're not as good as you really think you are. We had some great guys graduate. So, you know, every year, you know, new people leave, new people come in, and it's it's a transitioning year. So we ended up actually second that year, and we were like, wow, I can't believe we got second. We were pretty happy just to get second. And then my final year, that time around at Oklahoma, we ended up uh, uh, stealing one away um, at West Point, actually. Jonathan Horton, who was a fabulous gymnast for Team USA, was our stud freshman that came in and won the national championships for us on the last event. My, uh, my, my that that one year that I kind of stayed post Olympics in 2005, and then uh, right after season, had a great opportunity to go back to California, Sacramento area to go coach club, uh, essentially high school levels. And my wife was from Sacramento, and we were starving for family, and we had a kid, and we just wanted to be close to family. So it was a great opportunity to kind of spread my wings out and to coach, you know, different level. Um, Whenever you're in a university system, you are in a bubble. You're in a Sooner bubble or a Cougar bubble. Mm -hmm. It is a bubble. And so to leave the bubble and to go experience like, wow, this is really hard. Like, this is really tough to make it out on your own without that support network. And I was in Sacramento for six years coaching uh, high school. I said 2015 national. Clearly wasn't that you were at BYU. Uh, 05 or around then, right, when you were yeah. at Oklahoma? Yeah, it was 2005. Gotcha. And then uh, after six years of being in California and, and, and coaching high school level kids uh, and starting my own business, starting my own gymnastics studios, um, Mark out of the blue called me up and was like, hey, I just lost my main assistant coach. I want you to come back. I was like, I can't come back. I, you know, my life is here now. And again, you know, Heavenly Father, he has a plan for you. He has a plan for each one of us. And you don't know what that plan is. And what it was, was coaching high school was great when my kids were really little. Because you're, you're with them during the morning time. You're up, you're getting them breakfast, you're getting them dressed, you're playing with them. And then you're coaching when school's out, essentially. Um, but when your kids start going to school, the day looks like this. You wake up, you get them ready for school, you drop them off at school, and then you're heading into your own work around noon, 1 o'clock, but you're there until 9 o'clock at night. By the time you get home, they're in bed. You don't see them. And this is not like a few nights a week. This is every night. And it hit me that my son did Little League. And I was taking him to the little after-season party at the coach's house. And it hit me. I was looking in the rearview mirror, seeing him in in his chair. And I go, you know what? I didn't see one game. And I'm like, no, I, I got to be a part of my son's life somehow. And 
then we were like, okay, we have to move. We have to get closer to where I was coaching because I was commuting a, a, an hour mm. just to coach high school kids. Like, we have to move. And this is like housing markets upside down. You know, how do we sell a home like this? And we started looking into it. And, and that's when I got the phone call from Mark to come back to Oklahoma. And it just all fit into place. Because if he would have asked me six months earlier, no, we, we, got, we got our home here. I got my business here. We're happy. We're close to family. I'm not moving. If he asked me six months later, we've already moved. We've already reestablished ourselves. We've mm. already resettled. He literally called me in that one window that we were an hour move or a 30-hour move. It was still a move. And so that took me back to Oklahoma for another four-year run. And I, I walked in and I – This time I, as the assistant, not the grad assistant? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to be like the main assistant coach. And, uh, you know, I'd done it before. I was very – you know, Mark raised me since I was 13 years old. I mean, I, I am Mark Jr. in the gym. Mm -hmm. And he was super busy with Team USA stuff. We were getting red, red. This was in 2011. The next year is 2012, the London Games. So he's like, he has like three national team members on his team. He's heavily involved with international USA gymnastics. And so um, I'm first year back at Oklahoma as the assistant coach. And Mark takes one of our guys to London to do an Olympic test event. And this is the first meet of the year, and I take the whole team. You're like the head coach. So I'm, I had, a lot of it was acting role head coach. Mm -hmm. And as I took the whole team to our first competition, just me and the other guy. And it was, and it, and it was a role that, number one, Mark felt comfortable in me taking so he can go and do this because that was a big part of why we had such success at Oklahoma was our international guys on national teams. Uh, and if we don't send our guys to those events, they don't want to come to Oklahoma. Right. And so Mark felt comfortable that I could take these guys, that they would be safe, and that we would still have a good showing. And so we did that um, as first year back at Oklahoma. And uh, it was a perfect fit for me because me and Mark work so well. He can go and do that stuff. But yeah, I was coaching guys that made the you know 2011 World Championship team in Tokyo, and then later on the London Games, and and it was it was awesome to be back there on that high level. Um, and it was also great the fact that I was coaching club and and I was coaching high school kids because it gave me that deeper appreciation of like how it begins and the family struggles and how much it costs and you know and then even owning a gym like what does an owner go through owning a gym? So I had grown exponentially. You know, from the time that I had been at BYU, then OU, and then left, and then came back. And uh, again, Heavenly Father had a plan why I needed to go back to a college setting because then I was able to accept a phone call from Tom about at least coming and interviewing for a women's job. Okay, so when that phone call happens, are there still deep-seated feelings about cutting the men's team that affected you? So, Because um, I could understand if there were. Yeah, I'm, I'm a real passionate person, um, which is good, and it's also bad. So I had hang, I'd hung on to BYU cutting the program for a long time. And, you know, you know, we talk about forgiveness. We preach about it. We learn about it. But, man, I was having a hard time with forgiveness on that part. And it was not handled very well. Uh, again, very passionate about what I do. Which I think you want your coach to be passionate, right? You want a gymnastics coach at BYU to be passionate. 
So in uh, 2010, I get a phone call from BYU of saying, hey, we want to bring you back and we're going to induct you into the BYU Hall of Fame. Which, by the way, there's a 10-year minimum. So that means you were okay. like first ballot, if right. you will, okay. which is pretty awesome. Well, anyway. I don't that, know if you knew that, but that's, okay. that's the reality. Well, I mean, to, to do it to a men's gymnastics, too, we were gone and forgotten. And uh, so came came and had a wonderful experience. I got to meet Tom and, and the you know other administrators and had a great weekend and got to go to the football game. And I was older and I'd gained some perspective. And looking back, my, my years at BYU, I was treated fairly. I had a good career and it, it helped me grow into the, the husband, the father, and, you know, the working professional, the coach that I was that day. So I'd gained perspective. Had I not gone through that experience, it, it could have turned out differently. I might have said, thanks, I'm happy where I'm at at, at Oklahoma. And because I'd gone through that experience, I think that's when forgiveness started in my heart. And again, Heavenly Father has a plan. So he knew I needed that experience. He knew I needed that time. And it just all worked out in the end. So you're coming home. You're also taking a job that your dad once held, which is pretty special in terms of being a head coach of gymnastics at BYU. But it's not men. It's women. You had coached girls, it sounds like, to that point, had you? Nope. Oh, you hadn't. Okay. Nope. Uh, I was this a, is a, I was a men's coach. You were a men's coach. And even in high school, I worked primarily 95% of my time was working with young boys and high school boys. So was there pause from you because you hadn't coached women before and now it's BYU and now it's women? There was absolutely no pause. It was, it was you know, when I kind of had that feeling that, you know, the catamals were about ready to retire. It, I just knew I wanted that job. Mm. And a family friend called me and wanted to know if there were other collegiate coaches out there who were LDS and their names. You're like, I'm not uh, telling that, you. That list was, was – I knew some <laughs> of them. The list was very, very small. Right. And I told my family friend, I go, I want the job. Mm. Go tell Tom that I want the job. And then Tom didn't call for two weeks. <laughs> I thought, okay. They're just like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. So you wanted to come home, if you will. It just felt, it felt right. I was super happy at Oklahoma, but it just felt like it felt right. What felt right? Um, the opportunity to come and to try to reestablish the program. Um, obviously, you know, I was super passionate about BYU again and um, – knew the potential that it had, um, the challenge that it brought. You know, I really felt like we'd done a ton in men's gymnastics and this was just going to be a new challenge in life. And it, boy, it has been. It really has been. And I've loved every single second of it. I wouldn't change, it, change that for the world. Was there any motivation to somehow, even though it's not the men's team, to sort of represent the men's team in a way? Uh, to carry that legacy I into would, the present. What I would not represent the men's team and the, and the, and the men's gymnasts that came through BYU, I, I want to bring them back into the fold. I want them to not be forgotten. I think we need to do a better job of recognizing our players and coaches 
uh, in both the men's gymnastics and wrestling. I think there's some work to be done there. And you being the head coach provides an opportunity for that in your mind? Absolutely. How do you see that? Um, I think, you know, just just do simple things like honoring them and recognizing them and, you know, making sure that, you know, their time that they were here, that that was that was pretty special and and that they were still a part of being a BYU Cougar, whether the sport is here or not. Yeah, I'd love to see that too. I think that'd be great because I don't know a ton about it, honestly. Um, and so I'd, I'd love to know. I'd love to know. Okay, um, you're, you're at BYU. You become the women's coach. Now the task is actually doing what you talked about. Yeah. All right, we need to take this program to the level it can be. And it feels like, especially the last two or three years, you really have. Um, what has it taken to get this program to where you want it to be and what work is still left? Um, yeah, I just it just feels like uh, it, it took a couple years to just kind of establish the culture again. Um, and it was a young staff, including myself. So I'd have some great experiences and some great knowledge in all my years of, of coaching both high school club and um, at University of Oklahoma for nine years. But that was all with men. And so, you know, what's it like coaching female athletes and men athletes? It, it's like having sons and having daughters. It literally is the same thing. And anyone out there that's listening that has sons and have daughters know that what you want for them is the same. Uh, but the way you go about doing it is completely kind of different. Was there a learning curve for you? 100%. Yeah. The first two years were rough years for me. You don't understand, as an athlete, I won. As a coach, I won. My teams were successful. And maybe that's what Tom saw in me because, you know, I did not come from the women's side. But those first two years of not winning, there were some formidable, great learning years. I remember finishing gymnastics meets, going back into my office and, like, literally just staring at my computer screen for hours like, what am I missing? Like, I'm, As the head coach? As the head coach here at BYU. Like, something is missing. What is, what is, what are we doing that we're just missing? And um, we figured it out, uh, you know, and it wasn't just me. It was my, my great coaches that we've had from day one, too. Um, a couple things that, were, that I can recall. Number one is uh, fundamentals. You, you, coaches talk about fundamentals all the time. And our fundamentals were not sound. So instead of working the big flashy tricks, what do you think we went back in the gym and worked on? Just the fundamentals, the basic parts of gymnastics. And those got stronger and better. And what happened? The fall stopped. And when the fall stopped, the winning starts. And the other thing was we started doing things as a coaching staff. So in a, in a, in a gymnastics team, Kind of like position coaches where, like, I'm the bar coach. Natalie is the beam coach. Brogan does our floor and vault. And the reason why she does floor and vault is because we don't do floor and vault every day as a team. One day's a floor day. The next day's a vault day. So we can switch her back and forth. That's it. That's all we get in, in our sport. And instead of saying, you're in charge of beam and you stay over there, it's, let's talk about beam. How did it go today? Who needs special attention? How can we help you, Natalie? And when we started doing that as a staff, that's also when we grew. That makes sense, like uh, so, specializing, right, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, at, 
Uh, and now I'm just visualizing you just staring in front of a computer for hours. <laughs> literally, <laughs> <meet>. literally <laughs> hours. Really? <laughs> yeah, getting home at two, three o'clock in the morning just because wow. like I'm I can't sleep. Are you it's writing things down? Are you just thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm crunching numbers. I'm thinking about practice the next week. How do we move players in and out? Yeah. From the whole strategy standpoint. Was that painful? Um, I don't like to lose. So it was educational. You were going to make it happen. Yeah. I love that. At what point with you personally did you graduate from, I can do all this stuff in gymnastics to, okay, I'm probably the coach now and less uh, physically involved? Because I'm, I'm encountering in a, at a very lower level than you physically the basketball element of that where I'm like, I can still play. I'm not spraining my ankle, but I can still at least run in pickup. At what point in gymnastics, physically, way tougher, you're, of course. You're, I can do it all in my mind. My body knows how to hold a Maltese. I knows how to do an iron cross, but my body's forgotten how to do it. <laughs> how old were you when it was so like, okay, this it, is different? It hurts now to jump up and down off the spotting block every day in the gym. So We're at that level. <laughs> so we're, we're kind of at that level right now. It, the, the gymnastics coach is a very physical coach part of it. I mean, because mm. you're spotting and you're moving mats and you're, you're climbing up and down surfaces all day long. Is it most physical and, of any coach, you think? Yeah. I maybe. Because Mark Pope fo- isn't out there running with the team. Uh, Kalani Stake is not in a but, drill. Our, uh, coaches helping with blocking drills. Are they holding pads? Maybe no. No, they're, they're holding GAs okay. mostly. Right. And yeah. I don't have a lot of GAs. We're yeah. doing it ourselves. Yeah. So. So physically, it's still it's physical. demanding. Though, it's like. very demanding. Yeah, oh, physically. Mm-hmm. Huh. But it, you know, the, the forces that get put on the body, and when, when you break it down to like you know physics, and when you flip and twist and and load and punch on that board. You know, it's it's like three and four times the amount of weight. So mm. and and so the wrists and the elbows and the ankles and the knees can't take it. And that was one thing that I've I've always believed in that I've brought to BYU and that's kind of the a staple of our program is we train year round. We do not take breaks because the body can't afford to take a break. Now our It'll intent, get used to not it, having it, it gets weaker. The wrist, the ankle, the uh. knees get weaker, but you can still do the skill. So if you have a weaker joint and you rush back into your sport after taking a significant break, you're opening yourself up for a catastrophic injury. This is the issue with return missionaries and how quickly they 100%. get back into it. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. This mm-hmm. issue, right? Yeah. Yep. Because of the forces on any sport, but mainly in gymnastics. And so COVID was a challenge Mm. because we were out of the gym for three months. We don't take three months breaks. That was a challenge. That was really hard. How many hours Um, do you gymnasts practice? You guys seem to be in the gym all the time. Well, we hit our NCAA minimums, which are four-hour practices, 20 hours a week. That's what we can do. So we're hitting those. In the summertime, it's probably a little bit less. Um, again, the intensity goes down, but the coaches are there. The trainers are there. The strength yeah. coaches are there. Um, they're volunteer practices. We don't force the kids to come in, and we don't force them to work when they do come in. Um, and the girls that take – the players that take advantage of those off hours in the summertime, 
excel and take spots. And then when they compete, they do well. And the girls that have rough Junes and Julys struggle in January. And then there's the tears and the frustrations and the pats on the back and I'm sorry's, but ultimately... I think it's a mirror. I, I, I look at gymnastics as a six-month mirror. Whatever the work mm-hmm. you're doing six months ago is going to show up. Interesting. Um, so in January, it's how hard were you training in June and July. I love your gym because it symbolizes the hard work, right? I love what you said. Like, yeah, it's a six-month mirror. Also at the girl-dad camp, that was the funnest rotation. Mm-hmm. Took my eight-year-old daughter, Venna. We went in there. She loved it. She had, she's been to your gymnastics camp. We've taken a picture with you. It was super cool. I was trying to explain to her how cool it was that she – met you and that you'd won a silver medal and whatnot. And it's like, you don't understand how cool Guard Young is. <laughs> but that was, a great, that was great. Okay, tell me about the Big 12. What kind of uh, change is this for the program? What, what in, how much better is this? Is it better? Um, tell well, me about Big 12 gymnastics. I mean, I'll be honest. The one reason why I am super excited about the Big 12 for gymnastics, this is going to be the first time in my career – player or coach that my school is sponsoring my sport all my years it's been mpsf or the west coast conference mm. i mean it's always been something mrgc mountain ram whatever yep. that is <laughs> so it's going to be the first time in my coaching or playing career that my school is now sponsoring so what does that mean when we go win a big 12 title and and i we will win a big 12 title at some point I think it's just going to represent and just be more meaningful to not not as coaches because those championships that we win are meaningful, but the administrators and and you guys and the broadcasting and the press are ooh that's that's impressive a Big Twelve title yeah that sounds nice but but the gymnastics itself you know what we've formed here with our little mountain rim is just as great a competition we have some wonderful teams here in the state of Utah we don't have to go very far to have some great competition. So West Virginia, Iowa State, Denver, University of Denver is an affiliate member. So those are the teams that we'll be seeing primarily. Does Oklahoma and have women's? They do, but they'll be gone soon right. to the SEC. There might be a year or two together. So we'll get a year or two with them. And Will that be cool to go to Norman? Return? Yeah, we went last year. Yeah, you we, went last yeah year. we went last year. There you go. So um, so we have seen them out on the on the pitch and – is it the pitch in gymnastics? No, it's not. The, oh, okay. the floor, the mat, the yeah. gym. I was like, wait, there. that's a phrase no. I don't know. Sometimes no. I call gymnastics. I need to know this. Um, um, so we'll see them maybe for a year or two. But, you know, in my mind, the Big 12 is going to be those other teams, and that's what we're gearing for. So uh, travel will be much harder for us because, again, we can be up at Utah State, Southern Utah, and even at Boise with the minimum amount of travel requirements but now getting over to those other schools the travel is going to be much harder for us so will you have non-conference and conference meets in the same way that other sports do in this way um yeah yeah so you could still compete with southern utah and and we and we will need to um you know right now the way we have it set up we do home and aways with these local teams and it's very cost effective we are the cost effective program here at byu because of that Team travel is very expensive, but you, we can get on a bus and down to those meets and have a top 25 match um, with great gymnastics, with good scores that we are all happy getting, um, you know, with very cost-effectiveness. So, you know, um, 
when we go to the Big 12, we won't be doing homes in a way. We'll be doing, you know, home and home and home every other year type of a thing. So I'm going to need the support of these Mountain Rim teams still to be to buoy up the, the normal s- schedule. So we still will see them. We just won't see them three and four times a year. We might see them once a year. Gotcha. I love watching gymnastics. I didn't understand or have an appreciation when, when I first showed up at BYU. But when I started to call some of the meets, and I call fewer than I used to, it's mainly Spencer's gig, but uh, I grew to really appreciate gymnastics. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen or watched it, check it out. It's fun, man. There's a good juice and energy, and the pound-for-pound the pound strength is the highest of any team on campus, in my opinion. Yep. Gymnasts are pound-for-pound pound probably the strongest. And we don't do a lot of lifting the weights. We lift the body, so... You you tried you, that rope climb in the gym, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Yes. Yeah. Did I? Uh, well, I'm trying yeah. to remember. Did I get to the top? I know Venna did. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty easy. There's <laughs> the bottom. There's the top. It's climb pretty it with, easy. Just with your hands, no yeah. feet, just your hands. Oh, and, just hands. Oh, oh yeah, no feet allowed. I don't know if I could do that. No Jeez. feet allowed. Mm-hmm. Can you still get up there? I can do one, but I can't do the multiple reps, and I and that's it. <laughs> one a day. That's One a day. it. Like, is that a thing you do? You like still go up? There? I should do. <laughs> <laughs> a new goal. I should do. Yeah. That sounds like not very much fun, but I can't do the two and the threes. Again, you know, then it's just the elbows. The elbows mm. and the shoulders can't handle yep. it. Now, if I did it every day, I probably could increase that. But I, I like not I being like, sore. I like food now. Yeah. As an athlete, as a gymnast, I didn't eat. Gymnasts eat like little birds. They just like peck at their food. Peck, 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 peck. They don't consume food. We're working out all the time. We're not hungry. So it's kind of good, right? But I like food now. Like I love Thanksgiving. When I was an athlete, I didn't like Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. because the gym was closed. (laughs) Now I love Thanksgiving. So I saw you at a local restaurant recently. I I was like, hey, guard's out here for lunch. Let's go. I like food too much now. So... It doesn't help with the rope climb. <laughs> well, awesome. This has been fun to uh, kind of learn your story more and, and the significance of, of Norman and your dad. And, and there's so much going on. The team's doing so well. It's going to be a fun season. Thanks for coming in to uh, be on the show. Absolutely. Okay, that'll do it for us. Listen to previous episodes on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. For Guard Young and producer Corbin Radford, I'm Jerem Jordan. You've just listened to Deep Blue on BYU Radio. BYU Radio.